And we're back, and you're with Villaincast, BJJ Antiheroes, with myself, Chris the Villain Pains. Weekly podcasts featuring either my fellow black belt, Naki Arshed, on our show Reap the Week, or compelling interviews with other personalities across jiu-jitsu. But before we jump into this next show, a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. For exclusive video content and online coaching, you can find out more via chrispainsbjj.com or join our Discord channel to put your ideas through for future episode discussions. For now, though, Josh Janice. Hello, sir. Thank you for uh, agreeing Hi, to come on board. Hello, sir. Is, is the lag that bad? <laughs> uh it's, I don't think it's that bad, but we'll see as we go along. It seems like it should be okay. If I talk over you, I apologize. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. You're much more interesting than I am. Um, so <laughs> the the catalyst for this, so we've known each other a good couple of years now. Um, 2021 Arizona camp, I believe it was. You liked my t-shirt because it had a bunny rabbit guillotining another bunny rabbit. And you were doing the <laughs> guillotine class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um mere designed uh yeah so we've known each other for yeah two years now um we've met each other now since uh, other globetrotters camps and i have been out to your your home base in milwaukee wisconsin um that's right yeah so just so uh for anyone who hasn't come across your classes yet i mean we are we are the leaders of bjj globetrotters in action um when it comes to, to views views on our videos so people should know who are who who we are by now um but for those who haven't seen this uh the two best videos in globetrotters history uh would you like to introduce yourself sir <laughs> yes i would and uh, i appreciate that uh, i don't know if they're the two best but we we got something right for sure on the uh on the algorithm <laughs> oh we did uh, we did yeah my name is uh, Josh Janice, like you said. Um, I own a school called White Lotus, uh, which is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, USA, which when we had you here, I think it's worth noting that you, you fired a firearm for the first time, and that really brought joy <laughs> to my eyes. So that um, target that we shot at is right above me. It's it's on my wall, and like, I've got a wall of like friends and, and photos from travels, that target is right there. <laughs> That's pride place. I hope that you also is. have the duck. The duck. <laughs> oh no, dude! It's it's here. It should be here. It may be just on the shelf behind me, but I have the duck. Yeah. Where's the duck gone? <laughs> oh, that's gonna stress me now. I should have brought it here. Um, carry that's on. Right. Yes, there's ducks and everything. And, yeah. So uh, yeah, we had a good time when you were in town. Uh, my career is with a company called My Odyssey. It's my company. And we do coaching, communication coaching, um, and like using habitual science. Like this is how we change something behavior, which I think is part of the reason that you wanted me to come on here. But that's my career. My passion is jujitsu. Additionally, with the camps, uh, I tend to do the Wim Hof method and cold exposure. And um, I do different events with that as well. Man, I'm just really blessed and lucky to do stuff that, Hello. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was um, when I was—I said the, the the main catalyst for all this was uh, the main camp. Uh, Christian Graugart did say, like on the on the final night in the theater, you know, if anyone wants to come forward and do little speeches or, or sing or something <laughs> like that, it was like you you got up and you started talking, and um, 
and so like uh you started talking about anxiety um which pretty close to my heart i i had a bit of a wobble shall we say a few years ago uh when it comes to anxiety and how that applies to jiu-jitsu so there was a it was Jürgen Matzi, one of the Estonian coaches, who talked about anxiety as well, and it really, really helped me at the time. Uh, but then you started going uh, talking again. And I was like, "Damn, I want to hear like the application of that as well, just for health reasons, but also how you apply that into the world of jiu-jitsu and and which is essentially what you, you started with in Maine before you, you were there for like two or three minutes, but it was perfect." <laughs> well, that was that was an interesting scenario because that was my first Maine camp. The main camp is a, it's a different animal. You know, I think I've done 13 Globetrotters camps now. And that one is just, uh, unlike any other in that everybody's together at a, essentially like what I would picture as a boys camp, which I think it is. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're all adults and, you know, with adults come alcohol and other substances. And, uh, it just makes the whole, yeah, yeah, what are these other substances? Uh, makes the whole camp super entertaining. And I believe I was the first one up on stage or I was like right at the front. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and so I was like, Hey, I'll give a talk. This is what I do. I, you know, I'll I'll get up in front of people and and talk about my passion, what I love. And I didn't realize that like a lot of people use it for like, you know, jokes and karaoke and singing and whatever (laughs) else. Like I was the only like, serious person up there which was yeah it was entertaining for me like uh but whatever it worked i'm glad i made an impact exactly they didn't make i haven't got singers on this podcast i didn't i didn't contact connor (laughs) to come start singing (laughs) who is that he's he's definitely very 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 good it was fantastic rendition but yeah uh he's not here singing so obviously you did leave an impact um yeah and so there's various parts of zero yeah fuck him um so there's a um obviously there's there's a lot of confidence with doing jiu-jitsu and that could be from even walking into a gym for the first time um or travel you know we're both globe trotters i think i can say that out loud um and we travel around different gyms and you know we're, we're in a quite lucky situation that we are uh adult male black belts and we can walk into a gym and, and relative in confidence that we're not we're going to be able to look after ourselves and probably be welcomed. But for a lot of people who want to get on that kind of globetrotter chain and go out and explore the world, um, so building that initial bit of confidence, like start with how you you normally start building someone up. Okay, so. Uh... To me, everything is is an equation, right? And that equation, uh, James Clear uh, has a wonderful book on habits, which I suggest everybody get uh, because it teaches us how to program ourselves. And this is kind of the the backbone of what I now make a living off of. But uh, so, if we're trying to build confidence, at least this is how I view it. Um, we have. Uh, we have to have awareness that we don't have confidence first, right? Like you don't just, you can't just tell somebody like, Hey, you should be more confident. And if they don't realize they have a problem, they're never going to do anything. Right. So then you have to have awareness and then you have to have desire to change. And then you need to take action. Uh, a lot of times when it comes to confidence and what I tell people is 
most of the time, it's confidence in yourself, not confidence in what you're doing, just what in a bigger picture in you. Like when I say what you're doing, I mean like not confidence going into um, a jujitsu academy, but starting out with confidence like, hey, I know that I can do this and it doesn't need to be perfect. Unfortunately, most, a lot of people think that their jujitsu needs to be perfect. They think that their uh, art needs to be perfect. They think that their, the way that they run needs to be perfect. The way that when they're at work, things need to be perfect. And this idea of perfectionism is brutal. I'll stop chatting there and see if you have anything to say about perfectionism and confidence. No, entirely. I think that as well. Um, I mean, it's interesting. So I get a lot of, uh, you know, very high level black belts who compete to a very high level. Like I had Lachlan Giles on here uh, about two weeks ago. Um, can't really get a higher level than ADCC finals absolutes. So I wanted to hear like his thoughts on competing um, and and gaining that confidence to walk in, into that environment. And um you know, most people who will probably listen to us, I assume, do jujitsu. I'm not that interesting in any other way. Um, and uh, if they go come into the into the you're world jujitsu, they're probably looking at. It. I... Yeah, you only. I, so... You know, you shouldn't. This is no. This is perfect. Let me let me uh, take a second here. Uh, when we talk about confidence, when you're self-deprecating, it doesn't lend itself to being confident. So you say, oh, you're confusing that for British humor. That's just British. That's just <laughs> welcome to being British. Like, that's how we're raised. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, no, be smug. That make it right, my friend. <laughs> I know. Well, you argue with the king yeah. on that one. Um, like, smug, but also self-deprecating. Like, I don't think you'll get more British than that. Um, like, yeah, we even bought, we invaded your country, but oh, we're terrible. <laughs> so. <laughs> Welcome to England. Uh, we, um, what, what I'll find, what I'll find, in, like this is, like I said, a pretty good example. Well, and actually, you're deflecting that by saying, oh, "I'm just British." Um, oh. <laughs> what you'll, right, what here you'll we find go. is, yeah. Oh, um, what you'll find is that if you don't allow yourself to have the good, so like, hey, Chris, you're pretty damn good at jujitsu. I hate when you sit on my legs and I can't move. <laughs> You know, you are good at your podcast. You are good at talking to people. I love talking. Man, the time we spent together, I really enjoyed it, right? When I compliment you like that, does that make you feel like a little uncomfortable? Like, do you want to immediately say something that's self-deprecating or say something that's like deflecting it? Yeah, most of the time. Um, most, yeah. Yeah. If Now, if I were to say, you know, Chris, your facial hair is fucking awful, or something. You would. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that uh, bald shit there? I have no idea where that's come from. <laughs> carry on. Stress, bro. <laughs> uh, and obviously, I was trying to make a, a funny. Yeah, there's got to be a better way to say that, right? A funny. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. It's only a podcast. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> now I've distracted myself. We need to allow ourselves to both accept the good and accept the perceived bad. All of it's a perception, 
realistically. All of it's a judgment upon ourselves. But what happens when we get low confidence is we don't allow ourselves to take that, that those positives and input it. So think of a scale. Like you can perceive things as positive and negative. And if you're balanced, you're normally pretty good. But if you perceive everything as negative, well, what do you, what do you think that your disposition is going to be? No, completely. Right? No. I, yeah, I understand. And, and so if somebody pays you, like when somebody pays me a compliment, and, and actually I have clients that work on specifically this, uh, having a genuine thank you, like really take it in. Like this person thinks that I am, you know, uh, good at whatever th this is, right? Like that thank you. Okay, now we can get that. Once we start taking that in, now the scale starts to even up. And what happens to our confidence? We'll improve. We'll improve. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's the other side of egotistical confidence cliff. There's a, actually a book literally called Confidence Cliff hmm. um, where it can be detrimental where right? you don't listen to anybody. I'm fucking right all the time. I'm right. I'm right. Yeah. I'm right. I'm right. Right? I'm so confident that I don't take in any information. I make poor decisions. If you make poor decisions, then, you know, shit collapses no no i understand um thank you for that uh you allowed me to uh <laughs> to go on a little riff there because of your british oh, what you could... yeah yeah like <laughs> oh, i didn't realize i was getting analyzed today like the, <laughs> hey, you're the oh. <laughs> yeah didn't, i i'm just throwing you like you know softballs in you're just whacking them out but i didn't go think you're gonna whack them at me um <laughs> <laughs> um no completely i can see how that then relate into so much about you know with, with our, our confidence in jiu-jitsu and our growth in jiu-jitsu is that you know like you say that like it's it's endemic maybe across jiu-jitsu and that you know you, you you have good roles and you know you you usually you know if you if you lose the song if you tap someone then you, you you give them a compliment oh damn that was that was good and it's like like because you don't want to seem like, yeah, well, I'm better than you. So there is that self-deprecating part to jiu-jitsu as well. It's, you know, it's a humility, I guess. Need that... to be there. No, um, and that's the interesting part is that, I mean, it's an interesting thing as well. Like um, so much of what we do in jiu-jitsu, I, I think it's part and parcel that, you know, most, not most black belts, but black belts can be looked upon as, as, sources of of infinite information when we're just people who got really good at smashing people in i don't come to right. me if like people come up to me and go like does this look like this infection i'm like do i look like a fucking doctor like, i stamp <laughs> on people's ankles like <laughs> what makes you think i've got any medical training um do i think that's infected fuck if i know um it's the exact same with uh like nutrition like it's it's pop nutrition that we we you know, we look to meatheads essentially, and like, how did you cut weight for this competition? Like, why well, dehydrated myself like a prune? Um, is that healthy? <laughs> Fucked if I know. And so, instead of actually getting smart nutritionists in uh, who know these things, we listen to psychopaths who need to go on drips <laughs> afterwards. Uh, and it's the exact same here. We don't have this this general knowledge across jujitsu about confidence and anxiety and then we throw ourselves into situations where that's hot you know we, we competition is a prime example of visiting another gym like you get terrified at the door um because you don't have this information readily available 
uh, but someone who can then pass that information through a jiu-jitsu lens and then they can apply that from their jiu-jitsu into their regular life like it's a good conduit that's why you're here so sir what's, you're what's saving, cool saving the world my, <laughs> what's pretty cool about my career is that uh, i actually get a lot of clients through jiu-jitsu so maybe that's uh that black belt that makes me smart at one thing and that actually probably has helped my career like oh he's a he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu therefore he must be a good coach for my business or whatever uh which you know okay i'll take it uh but i agree with you um i think there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom and i think let's just speak jujitsu i think if you've reached black belt you have a lot of knowledge in jujitsu right like most black belts are going to be able to teach you how to do a a a kimura or or a guillotine i'll use guillotine that's you know i like you most black belts can tell you how to how to do a guillotine but there's a certain amount of wisdom when when you go for a guillotine what is your body type how does the your opponent what if what happens if they spin just a little bit here as you're trying to apply this particular pressure you know you being 155 pounds against that 205 i mean there's a lot of different variables and then the ability to say i don't know right and to the ability to take all that information and apply it in a way that is uh, most beneficial for that particular individual, I think is part of the wisdom. And that's what I try to work on, right? Like there's, there's a lot of knowledge out there, but applying that knowledge and the wisdom of when to apply that knowledge is the important in my opinion. That makes sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. No, um, <laughs> no, no it's, it's, no, completely. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things as well. Of, uh, you know, we look at the wider aspect of coaching in jiu-jitsu is that you can bombard people with uh, sequences and um, you know do this, do this, do this, and finish with this. But the actual uh, understanding the chaos and when to apply it, it's a different beast. And if you can have that conversation with someone, um, the amount of times where you can ask a black belt that question, you might hear just that, oh, I feel it, you know, when the, you know, I feel when they're here. It's like, well, I don't know what that feeling is. Can you explain it for me? Um, and yeah, so um, going back to to confidence and anxiety, then is um, like you said about this this humility when you when we when we take compliments on the mats. Like, what would you recommend then? How how would you yeah. how would you create an environment in a gym that makes that more comfortable? Because you can you can introduce this at like mid level, like student level, and it could fizzle out. But black belts, you know, and coaches make the environment of the gym. If you have an asshole as a coach, it trickles down to everyone else. So if you if you were to try and make a build a uh, thriving, um, healthy environment from a black belt down how do you do it yeah so i can tell you with my gym in general and i can tell you how i run classes because those are kind of like mini versions of that um so at my gym i would like freedom of communication and i call people out like if they deflect a compliment right like if i'm watching them roll and after you know after they're rolling with so-and-so they did something that I know that they've been working on or something that we've been trying with class or whatever the case may be. And I say, Hey, Chris, that was a great move. You know, like I, 
great move. That sounds whatever. You get the point. If they deflect that or whatever, I mean it. Like, you know, I, I try to call them out and say, this is important. Additionally, you have to also call them out when they're being, you know, egotistical or like, hey, did you did you see what I did here? This is, you know, badass. Well, you ripped a, you know, a loop choke on a white belt. Like, how, you know, that's, I do it in a way that I listen to them. Like, okay, I know that they're proud of this particular moment, but also give them a different perspective, right? And so I think it's important to have that communication where it's both the perceived positive and the perceived negative and an open way of communicating that back and forth. So from a, a gym owner's perspective, that's how I start to build the culture. When okay. I'm teaching, let's say, a Globetrotter camp or uh, a seminar or whatever the case may be, I don't have that same amount of time to, to spend and have these different conversations with people. Um, so what I try to do is transfer my energy into a peaceful nature. So I start out classes, I think, as you know, start classes with a moment of gratefulness. Like, how cool, you know, I'll be in Poland next month. How fucking cool is it that we're going to be in Poland doing jujitsu at this Japanese resort? I don't, I've never been there, so I don't know what exactly it is. But, um, you know, like, or how cool is it that we have the time and the money and the, the, the health and all of it, or whatever it is that you're great. And then when I talk to people, I try to convey that energy, right? And like, so then they have the confidence to go out and try what I'm doing because they're at peace with it. It's not like I'm using this to kill somebody. It's like I'm learning something in an environment that's positive. And I think that's what, as I'm, when I'm speaking to a class, especially somebody who's bigger class, you know, Heidelberg or Parnu or whatever, you have 200 people. I mean, to make an impact, it's, it's trying to convey that energy. And so, you know, I know we're talking about confidence and, and anxiety or, you know, and maybe the, you're talking about a gym perspective, but I think you can impact it with just your peaceful energy on a greater scale. And this, this whole conversation, as I say, is, is important to me right now, especially is that due to, stylistically well even like you know jiu-jitsu if you do it to any level is a violent aggressive can be aggressive like separating out the the action from the emotion there uh but um it's one thing that i'm I'm super aware of right now is creating that environment of uh welcoming uh and safety above everything else so you know i kind of joke about it is that uh i'm i'm now the dictator of a communist republic of we have no belts and we ha- we are now doing everything for the the benefit of everyone in the gym and uh we don't do submissions haven't taught submissions this year uh and we're we're, we're trying to make the other person better we you know we, we we're not out for ourselves uh we get better by making the team better and just introducing that kind of um ideology into the gym retention went up because everyone was happier but knowing how important that is knowing that actually even taking out technique and you know all the different drilling and ecological approach or dry drilling or whatever people are interested in and how much sparring they do but you know one of the most important parts you can do is gym culture and that's the part you know you can uh it was actually because you said you're just before you started recording that you're going down to Asheville. it was actually johnny buck um who's in Asheville as well rogue uh 
that he made a really good point on a podcast we did about three years ago. This has been going for a while. Um, in that no one sticks at a jiu-jitsu gym for jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, you could have good jiu-jitsu, but there could be better jiu-jitsu yes. down the road. And it's it's the it's the environment and the friends in the gym. It's the culture of the gym. It's the society that's been created that will keep you coming back. And Globetrotters is like a fantastic version of this, is that jiu-jitsu will bring you in. Oh, my God, there's all these – there's 25 black belts and we get to do a whole week's worth of training. But after camp one, you come back for camp two because that's where your friends are. And you'll keep coming back after that because you keep getting more friends. It's the only place you're going to see them. And – Christian has us completely with this. It's, it's you know, amount of people who can go to camps now and not do a single class. They'll just go out and just to meet all their friends again. And it's, you can, tattoo, you can dial that. At you. <laughs> Pardon? I said tattoo, we're looking at you. Yeah. Uh, oh, we can, yeah, oh, we yeah. can keep going. Um, yeah. Keep going, those names. Like, there's so many that yeah. don't bother. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have fun. He's at Zen as well, doing zero classes. Yeah, um, yeah completely. And it's you can dial it into to every gym. And if you know you, you, it's kind of horrible. Then it can be quite a torturing environment. Is that people can keep going to a gym because that's where their friends are. And if the environment is is toxic in any way, you can ruin people. And it doesn't even step into the world of jiu-jitsu then. And then they can take out their frustrations and their anger and, and um, you know, how they want to treat other people uh, in jiu-jitsu. And it's, it's a dangerous sport. It's a combat sport. And it's then you have people get injured. Then you have people, you know, not enjoying this, this game. And so introducing more uh, gym culture, like I said about um, balancing uh, perceptions of... of uh, positivity and negativity, and being open community and clear clear communication is is yeah. and not being pretty important. To have these, not being scared to have these commu- or these communications, but maybe it's not a positive one. Maybe oh, I don't want to do this. Well, that's hmm. super important. Let me let me ask you a question. Sure. What it sounds like the culture of your gym is great. Why? Uh, actually, let me let me reverse this. To me, jujitsu is just a tool to bring people together. Yeah. The most important thing at White Lotus isn't that you're a world champion. It isn't that you're the best at jujitsu. Now, I, I do like to nerd out on jujitsu, so I don't want to just you know shit on my coaching. But I don't care. What I care about is that this is a tool. This is a mutually shared experience that we go through together. That can build you up and build your confidence up. Why? What is jujitsu to you? I think Christian said it very well. Um, so my first ever Globetrotters camp 10 years ago is he did an interview where it wasn't recorded this part. It never made it onto the final cut. But even he said, like, jujitsu is a great sport. It's a fun sport. And I agree. Jujitsu is a great and fun sport. Um, but it is a vehicle for seeing the world, and uh, and you do that by the friends you make in it, um, and the connections you make with those people. And I refer, he you know he he used to refer to his jujitsu club as a uh, drinking club with a jujitsu problem. Um, I refer to my uh, the jujitsu club that I I run as um, 
a bunch of people playing a PlayStation. I'm just a guy playing the PlayStation longer, and we all chip in to play for the play to pay for the PlayStation. Uh, and if you can't pay for the PlayStation, that doesn't matter. Like we still want you there. We still want you on the mats because you're our friend, and uh, that's how I see jujitsu. Is it's a we're all sitting around a PlayStation playing Tekken, <laughs> and that's and it's, I'm playing a game with my friends, um, and I try and get that feeling across. Is that you know the the analogy I use a lot in this podcast, and you know, is if I was playing uh, Tekken with my son on a on a PlayStation, I'm not just going to womp on him and just beat the crap out of his character because he ain't enjoying it. I ain't enjoying it. Um, I can beat up a nine year old. Well, maybe not. He's really good at gaming. Um, but it's not, you know, I'm doing, I'm playing a game with him. It's a game between friends. Um, and so that's that environment I then cultivate in the gym is that, you know, if you've been playing the PlayStation longer, help someone with it. Don't, you have to, you don't have to just prove you're better than them. Bring them up. If you bring them up, they'll give you a better game and then it makes you better. This is a game amongst friends. Let's just play for the PlayStation. Man. Exactly. I, I get it. I think it seems like the reason that we've all come together is because we've all kind of got this like-mindedness around it. If we bring it back to confidence, if you go to a gym, if you're a, a four-year-old, I don't know, communications coach, you go to the gym for the first time, and yeah, it's really hitting home. Uh, <laughs> you, go to, <laughs> you go to the gym for the first time, and... You know, it's all competitive. You know, I fucked him up. You know, there is personalities that that love that competition, right? That can drive them. And that's good for them culturally. But there are also personalities that it's like, you know, well, I'm not going to do this professionally. I'm 40 years old, right? If this was my first rodeo. Like, why am I going to come here, get beat up by these guys, get shit talked? Like, what is your, what is going to happen to your confidence? It's the same, right? And so, like, no, you completely. Talk about culture. Yeah, you talk about culture. You could have that black belt that needs to beat everybody up, which is okay. I get it, right? Like, uh, you want to show that you're dominant, but so what? You're dominant in this little gym or you're dominant in your your gym but are you helping people or are you bringing them down no you completely know? and that's okay that's okay if your purpose is to no matter what bolster yourself up no matter what do jujitsu how you were taught it but you know, i think i would encourage people to really think about what jujitsu is to them and you know is the the jujitsu that they learned 20 years ago uh is that the same jujitsu that they want to practice? And if you've been doing it for that long, maybe start thinking outside the box and not just parrot of how things have been. No. Uh, and that was the case when I came in is, is that our retention when we first started and uh, I carried on the kind of legacy of my coaches was, you know, fuck you all, fuck them up, make them sick and, and make them miserable. And it was hyper violent yeah. and people will come in, get fucked up and they'd leave. Um, but then taking this, uh, I think the, the 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 big catalyst of really push it is that because of the stylistically, we do a lot more uh, back to standing and takedowns, and that can feel very intimidating. And so you have to, you know, one of the the I'd say one of the biggest like, 
traveling with jiu-jitsu one of the, the biggest things that kind of came out of it was this idea that it's very much a dance in the, you know when you first get with your dance partner uh you you'll see your chemistry and it could be a place that you've never been before even a language barrier and if that person you know because you're putting your 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 health and your safety in your life in that person's hands and you need to trust that if they were to catch you in something they're going to do a fuck ton of damage are they going to rip it or they or will they let go if you tap are they going to look after you and once you've had that first dance and you can see how this person moves and how much they 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 care for your safety best friends for life like holy shit let's go get dinner together this is yeah you're my best friend now because i trust you um and i think it's quite amazing as well that you can come across those people who in the gym may be a tool and uh you know you have that dance and they hurt you and you think fuck this person i I don't talk to you ever again they might be the nicest person in the world they might save kittens from orphanages um as a daily job yeah that doesn't make them nice no um and you can see you know see someone's someone's you know when they're when the heat is on they're allowed free reign of this uh control how do they abuse it and um it's 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 quite interesting that you know it's very much a dance and so then having that kind of it was interesting as well like this idea that you know we refer to ourselves you know in our in our clubs as a team and it was a rob bianaki who was on here a few months ago who said you know, for most people, our main competition is our own gym. Now we, you know, we don't compete, and then we go to right. the gym, and it's like, right, fuck this person, fuck this person, fuck this person. Um, and it's this idea of a, a leaderboard in the gym that you know, especially when you got belts, that you think, I need to fuck that person above me because uh, I want to get my next belt. Fuck you below me, you ain't overtaking me because you're going to let me. And the, you know, Christian refers to it as the you know this this hierarchy and that belts pretty much ruined everything. Um, yeah, you know, we're essentially monkeys with with different color stripes to denote our importance. Um, it doesn't need to, though. But continue. No, no, it doesn't and, need. To. And, pardon? It doesn't need to ruin everything. Like I, I totally understand how. The, I don't think it's the belt's fault. I think it's a good thing to say, "Hey, Chris, you have gotten better in the last six months, noticeably better, and therefore I'm going to reward you with this." That's one thing, yeah. and it's another thing to say I'm a blue belt and I will not fucking let a white belt at me. Fuck them. Right. That's the that's the the delicate line is that well, no, you know, to 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 feel yeah. you're going up. Pun. Oh, there's lag. Respond when you hear me, Josh. <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh, you're, yeah, it's cutting in and out. Okay, thank God. I thought you'd gone. Um, no, uh, I think there's that delicate line. Just heard the of, word lag. Yeah, probably. There's that delicate line of. <laughs> I just turned fuck off. You can it's have amazing. belts, but are you going to then abuse this the hierarchy that belts create? Like, obviously, reward people completely. Let them know they've done well. That's important, but also. You know, because then they think, right? I need to climb up this hierarchy. That then becomes a problem, and you, you create a uh, the I instead of the team of we're all working together. We all want the same goal. So rising tide raises all ships. You don't have to climb over our backs to get there. Right. So let, let's talk about competition a little bit because I'm I'm sure. curious your thoughts as well. Um, 
also it'll be interesting there was a big laggy portion where i didn't hear much of what you said and like all of a sudden i heard fuck off and then it went back out it was like <laughs> the perfect timing <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about competition a little bit so if competition tickles your fancy which is great then you can kind of look at competence in, in a different way to me the ultimate confidence comes from a piece a piece inside yourself like no matter what happens you know you've trained for this particular moment and if you can be peaceful in that moment you know that you're uh lachman giles and the, the semis and finals of the absolute right uh if you can be peaceful in that moment it's almost like confidence doesn't matter like life is just going to be beautiful all the time right competition just allows you kind of this gateway to make it harder and harder to find peace right like it's like mm -hmm. oh you passed the, uh, the 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 college level now we're in grad school level courses right like you're you're great in regular competition now you're going to be good on ADCC stage uh, and we we have these challenges in life in general just to see so for high-end competitors again it's not about necessarily uh you know beating everybody up in the gym i think it's about finding peace in every single situation that allows you to have it doesn't confidence doesn't even really matter at that point if that like you're just going to express the art through your what i call emotional mind and that is perfect i know that's kind of it i think that's probably something no, actually, it's, it's very similar because, uh, again, I have interesting people on this podcast. And I asked the same question to Josh McKinney, who's from Illinois, uh, down in Granite City, um, the mecca of Illinois itself. Um, and one of the things that he said is this kind of, uh, when you talk about visualization of, you know, don't, and it's something I read, I, uh, you know, when I came to understanding about my competition nerves, I read about uh, by NFL coaches and how they dealt with nerves um, of not planning what the other person is going to do because you're trying to control the uncontrollable and that builds nerves, that builds anxiety. Um, but just being in the present, being there, just as you are inspiring, as you are in any other moment, just be there listen be present yes and and react and peaceful be proactive yes. yeah um the hardest part though is you know this has come with years of experience and you know part of being a jiu-jitsu coach is you are trying to make sure people don't make the same mistakes and sufferings that we made um well hopefully so what could we then give people to give them that kind of leg up like if, I, if i'd known that 15 years ago i could have gone further instead of panicking for for years on end same yeah i get it every time that i competed i mean i remember my first competition i you know it was against the, this guy that i thought was really good and it was like a six or seven minute match in like a local tournament right on a white belt and uh i gave it my all but I don't think I breathed once in the few rounds. Being a little facetious, but like, <gasps> I puked after. Yeah, I puked after. I had no. I mean, just you know the feeling where it's, everything's burning. Everything. Oh my yeah. god. You know, just the the worst. I had. I was so scared. That's really mm -hmm. what was happening. I, I was so scared that I had to give it my all. I wasn't listening to anything that was happening 
when I say listening, I mean taking in uh, what my opponent was doing, you know, how his weight was shifting. How, the thing that makes it an art, right? Like some people enforce and impose their will, and, and that's cool. Like that is a way of doing it. What I think is beautiful is when people, it doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't matter what the other person does. I am going to flow and I'm going to, I'm going to win that because I'm taking in the information. I've worked hard enough that that information, like I'm inside me, I've seen this before and Mm -hmm. I can access that because I'm not letting fear dictate what it is that I'm doing. So if anytime that you're fearful or angry, those are just blinders. Those, yeah. th- those don't allow you to take in as much information. Every class that I teach, shouldn't say every, most classes that I teach, I say our goal is to take in as much information, use that information to make the best decision possible in that particular moment. That doesn't come, yeah. once you program all that, it doesn't come from the logical mind, it comes from the emotional mind. It's an art in that way. Um. Ryan Hall put it really well is that, you know, when you learn stuff as a, as a child at school, you know, memory serves you really well. But when you become an adult, it's creative thinking, creative being the artistic part. And you can pretty much describe that as jujitsu. And that's the, you know, the kind of thing about the whole ecological approach right now compared to dry drilling is that instead of it being, oh, copy what I'm doing and do 10 reps, it's more, no, I'm going to give you a problem, figure, you know, and, and parameters and buttons, figure your solutions out of it. And, and work your creative mind um, yeah. and creating those environments. And, you know, very similar to what you said there about presence and information is creating a continuity between drilling, sparring, and competition. Is that otherwise, you know, if, if they are worlds apart, if that's where people want to go, and, you know, it's not a bad thing to, to have like an honesty to the jujitsu, is. You know, if you've been drilling and training a certain way, yet you think, "Oh God, you know, what if we go to a competition and and you know we start from standing? I don't know any takedowns." Oh shit! Like, <laughs> well, what we've we been doing in class? Well, we just start from our ass. Oh shit! Like, you ain't you ain't got much information then in that front, and then the panic sets in because you think, "Well, what the fuck am I going to do for those first minute?" And all of a sudden. Yep you know you're, you're on the edge of the mat watching people do takedowns and you think fuck i was right i don't know shit about what's about to happen uh like, i just need to pull guard but what happens then and and then you got all that especially on your first competitions you got the, all the peripheral stuff of you know um how big's my gi supposed to be uh do i have to wear a second belt if it's a different color you know or wristband against my foot or what side do i go on do i bow first or do i bow second do i do we shake hands and bow and it's just like all these peripheral things of of the unknown, like you're not used to it, you haven't got the experience. That then you're not even you're not present in the slightest. Like you have so much fear and anxiety from what's about to happen. Um, I mean, saying that, you know, what you said about the, your your first competition, I think I fucked myself up in mine. Is that I went into a competition, my first one as a traditional jiu-jitsu black belt. It was a judo ne waza competition, and it had. BJJ people, judo black belts, and me. I had done a mixture of self-defense judo and karate. And I was wearing a karate gi. I'd never sparred in my life. And I went to a judo competition, uh, judo ground fighting. My first fight was against a BJJ blue belt. I thought BJJ stood for blowjob job. job. Um, 
And I warmed up doing... I know, strange, right? I've been so disappointed this entire time. Um, (laughs) I walked in after three actual lessons of grappling in a karate gi and a black belt doing warm-up with chain punches from the hips um, to go do a ground fight. Uh, And I had my (laughs) students from my traditional jiu-jitsu gym there. Um, I didn't know what guard was. And... There's me thinking I have to, this has to be perfect. I need to show that well, you know, what we do is, is good. And my first fights were against a blue belt, BJJ blue belt, BJJ purple belt, and a judo black belt. And I was wearing essentially uh, the clothing equivalent of cheese wire. And <laughs> I got <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I, I think I screamed at one point because I, I wasn't really aware of what tapping was at this point either. Um, so... After that, I think I put myself on the wrong foot for everything ever um, because I I just got annihilated. Um, So that's something that's very close to my heart is that I I feel that I've made mistakes and when it comes to anxiety, I put myself very much on the wrong foot when it comes to this. Um, And so figuring that out now and hearing, I say, your opinions like yourself, Josh, Lachlan, et cetera, information to feed to students and people who listen to this of like right well if you're feeling these things if you're going to competition and you you feel like you have a lack of information that's where your anxiety is going to be starting to come from because let's 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 take that and apply it to life right i think that's uh, that's also important if we look at everyday life the things that we we have this immediacy that we worry about whatever it is oh my gosh i'm gonna be five minutes late or whatever the case may be right and this immediacy takes over well comes that blinder again and we're not taking in the full amount of information and then things can spiral from so it's the same same type of thing well you just scale it bigger to life and what's awesome about jujitsu what i say is awesome about wimp off breathing um, or anything that's relatively difficult to do is that it's like it puts us in these controlled environments where anxiety where you know that you're essentially safe or hopefully safe right and you're able to go to the gym for your mind go to the gym for your mental uh um, i don't want to say stability but yeah the gym for your mind in these hard situations you're going to have anxiety nobody likes getting cold water everybody's fearful of grappling with that 240 pound you know monster or whatever that's all practice that's all practice for what we do in life and if you can do that over and over and over, when you feel that feeling of anxiety and you're you know, out doing whatever, well, now you have a little bit better of a framework to work off of, and hopefully it's not debilitating because you did those things. Um, going on from that, it was uh, Jürgen Matzi, one of the other Globetrotter coaches um, from Estonia, uh, one of Preet's friends. Um he made a really good point probably about four years ago at a camp. It wasn't Globetrotters one, where he was talking about anxiety being, uh, you know, we are products of anxiety. There's a reason we have it. It's because if our ancestors did not have it, they would have been eaten and we wouldn't be here. Um, and it's, you know, it was it existed because there were lions in those bushes. There were tigers. There were other things that wanted to eat or kill us. And it was only through our ancestors' anxiety going, what's that noise? That, they managed to propagate their genes and eventually arrived us. 
But unfortunately, right now, there are no tigers or lions, depending where you are in the world. Um, maybe in the States, <laughs> they've got mountain lions. Um, definitely not here. Like In the UK, they're badgers. Like, I think we're all right. Um, and Badgers are mean, man. I'm from Wisconsin. The Wisconsin badgers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think your badgers well, maybe a bit... I was, I was ours a nice... <laughs> I was soft and cuddly. Maybe not cuddly. I wouldn't cuddle one. They'd scratch me up. But I'm not worried about them attacking me is the big picture there. But then we have this stored like need for anxiety, need for, uh, you know, um, what's that noise? Is it a bear? Uh, which, again, you guys have. Um, but then it gets pulled into everything else and, it's, and then it becomes something that goes out of control. And it's like you say, it's that experience of, uh, you know, you are in a safe environment. You can do this. There are no bears. Um, you can then learn to control that, and especially when you then start to get, you know, it starts to run amok quick, in your life. On. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you just on a specific verbiage that you use. It's not to control it. I think if you try to control it, you'll always have a challenge. With it. it's right. To get to the point where you're at peace with it and it flows through. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It was one thing that, you know, listen to Jürgen speak that time. I realized that I'm going to have this as part of me. Uh, mine stems from a violent mugging when I was 16. Um, it makes me uh, apologize to people. It makes me uh, avoid confrontation quite a lot. I'm aware of it. It's a PTSD and I'm not going to be able to get rid of it, but I can identify it and I will allow it to run its thing and i can see it i am staring at it and going no we're cool i know you're there um let me know when you're done uh and it's only through experiences of going through places again that i can be safe that i i start to build confidence like you say it's it's information um and it's a part of who you are right like you you are the chris Payne that we see today uh, in no small part because of that. And it sucks because everybody in the world would judge it the same way you did as a, a bad experience. Uh, but we we learn from those judge ex- those experiences. And it's not that it's what you wanted to have happen. However, I mean, now you're leading a gym with a great culture. You're, you know, the most watched video on Globetrotter. You know, you're all these things... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like my students still talk about when Chris Paynes came in, you know, you have an impact on people and it sucks to think about, but like, you know, that was a, that's a part of what made you. And I know that sounds like trite, but if you can find peace in that, it's, it's so much better than trying to control, you know? And I think that's where you're, you're kind of heading at. Or at least I think that's what yeah. your point was. Yeah. It was, I think hearing the idea that we're always going to have anxiety in our in us, it's genetically wired into us. It kept us safe for millennia. Um, and then how you express it and how it then can impact your life. It was, it was a point like, you know, being a firefighter for years, it was actually one of the bosses that even said to us, if you're not afraid of heights, there's something wrong with you. And as we're up several stories, <laughs> getting out onto a ladder, um <laughs> And like, they were all there, like, yeah, yeah, I'm shitting my pants right now trying to step, you know, because we didn't have 
harnesses or ropes or safety nets. And it was like literally climb out of this window onto this unattached ladder. Hope for the best. Uh, if it falls, <laughs> you are fucked. Um, and so as you're stepping out onto it, you are crapping yourself because there's that human part of you that says death um, or, or this is going to really suck. Uh, but yeah, then how you... you you know, you, you have the understanding that, no, I, I'm i doing this because I'm going to gain experience on doing it. I can then step out onto this ledge. So when the time comes that someone needs me, I can get them out of that building and, and get them down. I uh, need, you don't like the word control, but I had to, you have to control it at that point. I, someone, someone else may die or both die. Like, very bad day. Sure. Um, These are things so, to look, look forward to. Like, not uh like, the first step is this understanding that it's there, trying to rein it in. But once you've done that, you're like, oh, okay, now I can find this piece. So, like, it's not like I would expect somebody to have an awful event happen and then the next day they're just, you know, a, a peaceful Buddha. That's just, yeah. there's stages, right? Like, I can show you an arm bar, you know, from Mount or whatever. That doesn't mean that you're going to go out and hit it yeah. <laughs> the next day, right? Yeah. So you know, I, uh, I think it is important to uh, to distinguish. Like, yeah, I don't like the idea of control, but I was also saying that uh, as an hey, there's there's different things that you can work towards, and all the ultimate goal I think is that piece. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because I know it's been quite sporadic, like how we've we've laid out all these things, but taking a lot of this and then applying it into, I said, the jujitsu context, which then, you know, is a conduit into regular life. Um, You know, when you say come to competition, like, you know, arm yourself with information beforehand as a, as a general summary, arm yourself with general information beforehand. Um, That's why we have practice. That's why we have drills. That's why we have sparring. Um, And then when you're there, be present. Don't necessarily try and control the uncontrollable that's you know and, and try and preempt things that are out of your control um be present in the moment allow and i think it's as well like it was interesting that you know you hear a lot of stories like i think donald cerrone the ufc fighter you know still throws up every now and then before his fights and you think he's on the biggest stage he's been doing this probably the longest still threw up before fights and you think that's okay you know if, if you know it's, it's hard as well you know if you're competing and it's it's interesting as well, you know, I go to these competitions now as a coach. Um looking at all these white belts and blue belts and it's just two scared human beings stuck in a in a square together. And um that's fascinating as a as a social experiment. Is that you know, the amount of people who have I've <laughs> yeah. been around of I'm terrified of this, I'm terrified I'm shaking coach. Like I understand. And they look across and they're like, Oh my god, they look so they're calm. They've probably just been saying to their coach, "Oh my god, I'm so scared right now." Like we are literally just putting scared animals together and making them yeah. fight um, for for some strange reason. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's like to think that that could then be overcome in a, in a controlled way, as in to think that you could just dispose of it. Um, but again, I liken it to this idea that if you're not walking out onto that ledge at height and you're not scared, there's something wrong with you. Like. <laughs> You're walking into a yeah. square. I, I would challenge that too, because ultimately, uh, I think all, all, 
I think all of this uh, goes back to the gift of death. None of life matters if we don't understand that, like the fact that we die. We die, that that death adds meaning to everything. But we're fucking so fearful of it. Uh, or at least a lot of people are. If you can find peace in the fact, especially early on in life, which is very, very difficult because you have so much of your life to live, but if you can find peace in the fact that you're going to die and not have those those fears, then I think you have the Alex Honnolds of the world. I don't think there's something wrong with him. I think there's... You know who Alex Honnold is? I should Oh, yeah, yeah. I enjoy climbing. I very much know who yeah. Alex is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have those people. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. I think that he's just found like a, a certain peace and that's good for him, right? Um, yeah, that no, would be... I'd say, I, I, I imagine he's still afraid because, you know, he's, he's climbing up, you know, mountains in Yosemite and... and you know, it's, it's it's a slight bit of anxiety and self-preservation that makes it so he doesn't just let go. Um. Uh, no, I, I don't think that's the case. If I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not friends with him. No. But I don't think if he had fear, I don't think he'd be able to do what he does. I think fear would put too much of a blinder on to make the decisions that he makes that are critical. Every, I mean, literally every movement is critical yeah, yeah. at that point. 2,000 feet up, whatever, you know. Uh, I, I don't. If I had to guess, I would say that he is not fearful. And I think he respects the fact that he could die. By the way, we're both just kind of shooting off the hip. You could be like, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah, I'm be. fearful, sometimes I'm not. But uh, we're just two monkeys ripped in here. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I would bet that for the most part, he doesn't. He doesn't have fear because that would be too much of a blinder. But I think he's respectful of it. That would be what my guess. That- Going from like listening to you already of this, I'd say he's he's got an awful lot of information. I think like again, watching uh, Free Solo is that he did that climb a lot. Was it a year or something he spent climbing up uh, yeah. uh, the the wall on on in Free Solo on ropes? And there was that one part with the karate kick where he like he was like, you know, this this feels sketchy. Like if this if I fuck this up, I'm dead. Um, right. And like the amount right. of times he fucked it up with the karate kick or the the uh a bit of a dino move and again like you know you think he he did that for a year building up information which i imagine at that point you know when you look at the final product you think oh damn he is fearless like no he's got he knows exactly every part of that wall all thousand meters of it like he knows exactly where everything goes and he's even the problems he has gone through and gone shit like yeah maybe not this part um so I imagine he's, you know, he's, he's obviously got the the fear of death. He's got the 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 will to to push, which you know that's why we're doing any of these things. Um, but he drowns himself in information first. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if he does have a fear of death. We should ask him. We should. I wonder <laughs> if I can get Alex Honnold. On on villain cast, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> super random on this Jujitsu podcast. 
<laughs> how do you deal with shitting ourselves because you you yeah. you've mastered it like we just shit ourselves going to a sports hall on a sunday and fighting yeah. someone exactly <laughs> our weight <laughs> right for for no like no real reason like just, we're trying to no. learn something about ourselves and then we put all this weight on winning when realistically yeah. for him it's not about winning or losing it's about survival that's just yeah. a different different thing, you know? <laughs> Why have I bought you one? I could have got Alex Honnold. Like, got loads <laughs> out of him. <laughs> I don't know. You fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> not in the slightest. Uh, there's no way he'd respond to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now it's worth a shot. Now you got it. You got to at least send a I've got to try. Yeah. Well, like, I was talking to Charles about this, our mutual friend, Charles Harriet. Um, is that he's like, you know, the amount of guests I got on this, or like when I do seminars or go on to different podcasts, like he's like, how do you do it? I was like, I'm just asking people. He goes, what do you mean asking them? I'm like, I messaged them. And he's like, why? Well, this feels like an alien idea. I'm like, is it? Like, Lachlan Giles, like how the, f- you know, he's a massive name in, in jiu-jitsu. And, and like, how- why is he on Villaincast? I messaged him. See if he wanted to come on. Um, yeah. So you never know. Episode 35. <laughs> Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. Uh, also, additionally, the, the last 30 seconds is good for uh, good advice for dating. <laughs> yeah, just, just say ask. hello. Yeah, just say hello. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. I don't like... think either one of us should be giving dating advice. <laughs> I said that and I'm like, oh god, Megan's gonna be like, oh, you did not get dating advice. I'm like, yeah, I was so awkward, you know, me and her or whatever. Oh, I miss you guys. I've seen you at Zen Camp and I'm not there, and I haven't seen you since March when it was really cold in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, oh well, I have to come out again soon. See you all. Well, she'll be happy that you have the duck somewhere for sure. Yeah, yeah it's it's. <laughs> It's, I know it's around here. I saw, I saw him recently. Oh no, what oh. have I done? Um, still, there. still there? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, the duck is. Oh man, I'm gonna send you a picture of that duck. So yeah, was that from a gas station in near Peoria? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it holds a special Good place. Time. Oh, yeah. I recently went. Uh, I was in Europe, and there was a whole enormous shop. Just dedicated to to ducks, just just rubber ducks, thousands of them. And I was like, she would have been so happy. What kind of store has just rubber ducks? I mean, thousands of them. Was it in uh, possibly, um, the weirdest dude. People. Love weirdest German. people. They're the weirdest. Yeah, I can agree <laughs> with that. Where there? Whoa, 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 whoa. So, coming from Mr. Milwaukee himself, talking about Germans, Bratwurst, the, uh, the f- <laughs> so you talk about Maine being an odd camp. I think you set the tempo of that one on day one. Um, you've reached legend status now for what you did with Alan. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's the main advert for Maine camp now. You know, it is. It is. It is. Uh, and- <laughs> fucking hilarious um I, there was a you know just to kind of set the stage 
we created uh, characters uh, in WWE or yeah WWE fashion. Uh, there was what like I don't know probably fourteen of us or so that did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we put on this show that was fucking incredible. It was so much fun to do. Uh, really stupid uh, and probably a little dangerous for us, but nobody cared. We, we did it, and uh, I came out. I don't know if you guys are. I don't know if you remembered the Hacksaw Jim Duggan character. Um, yeah, I'm pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> I came out with these big bratwursts. I'm like, oh! And uh, Alan came out in this namaste nudie because he's a yoga teacher, and, and he was half naked, and somehow a bratwurst. The finishing move for me, the way I got my pin throwing that bratwurst right down the hallway of his backside. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. We set the stage for a nice event. <laughs> so um, I was tripping balls at that moment in time. Um, no way. Dude. So Christian obviously said the whole the wrestling event at the main camp was at the camp party, but being me... I thought that the camp party would be on the last night. And so after night one, um, after day one, you know, I trained hard. I felt a bit sore. So I was like, I'm going to have some edibles. And I had them off Carl and Larissa. And they make solid, they make so- solid edibles. They are connoisseurs. Yeah. Um, yes. So I've downed some of her Rice Krispie Cakes. And then Christian goes, oh, you're still good for 9 o'clock tonight. I'm like, what's happening tonight? And he goes, the wrestling <laughs> event. I'm like... Oh God! <laughs> like, and so a couple of hours passes, and I am now fully on that train. Um, I'm in this barn in the middle of Maine somewhere on a yeah. boys' scout camp, and I am so ridiculously high, standing there in a cape, if I remember. <laughs> and all I saw was you and Alan. Alan's in a thong, and you're attacking him with sausages, and I'm like. <laughs> A fuck the fuck is happening um, <laughs> and that was that was fight one like, it went really yeah. downhill after that um yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah I, things I that know. you do be What's aware that, that people that? are watching things that you do be aware that people are watching and they may not be in the freshest states of mind <laughs> that was uh one of the more memorable nights. And like you said, now Christian just uses that for a main camp ad as Alan and his yeah. pink thong. And, you know, I think at that point, oh, no, he was just going to the pink thong. I don't think he quite had the uh, Wisconsin sausage yet. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if, I remember totally... as... Sorry, if I remember as well, so the the camp staff that were there, the manager was obviously there, you know, been there previous years, but all the camp staff were new and it was their first experience of the camp and obviously were the first booking of the year. Uh, and that was day one. Apparently you freaked the camp staff out. They were like standing oh. there watching the fight and like going, oh, what is happening? And like the managers there like, no, no, this is, this is not what it's going to be for the rest of the year. Holy shit. That's not, that's not work here. Um, Whoops. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> Oopsies. I, I was walking, I, when I had my fight, I came on as obviously, uh, you you know in the heel uh, persona 
of a uh, British royalty who was coming to reclaim you bastard colonials. Um, that's why I came up with the cape and, and stuff like that. Uh, I remember just being like ridiculously high going, you know, my f- most Harry Potter style voice of you people here, you want, you want to be back under British rule. My grandmother, the queen has bequeathed these aisles to me. And like all you Americans going like, fuck this guy, you were safe. And, and then obviously, he, yeah, exactly. And then Kyle comes in, yeah. he hits me with a computer keyboard and I, all I can see on the floor are just sausage and computer keys. And I'm like, where am I? <laughs> um, that's yeah. A, I, yeah, that's a heck of a trip. Um, I didn't know that you were high then or that you were in a different world. That's good. Dude, it was the same on the final night when we did the dodgeball tournament is I, again, wasn't planning on competing. Uh, so I'd partaken in more edibles. Then Christian comes up and goes, we've lost one of our members. Can you join Team Europe? I'm like, fuck's sake, Christian. Like, can't you just tell me these things one hour before? Um, so I remember just standing there holding the EU. I think there's a picture on my Instagram of me standing there holding the EU flag, uh, you know, saluting with my hand on my chest. You can see how high I am from my face. And all that's playing is ABBA, like Dancing Queen. <laughs> like... <laughs> God, not again. Yeah, these Globetrotter uh, camps, it's it's a surreal world that allows us to kind of escape maybe uh, some of the doldrums of reality. Uh, Yeah. Which is, you know, again, it's not about the jiu-jitsu. It's about that culture that you bring. Before I forget, which this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, We we were talking about uh, tools to help uh, you know, whether it be anxiety on the mat or anxiety in life uh, or, or like what can people do? Why not save this to the end because it's easy. Uh, breath work and understanding how to breathe and how, you know, we have a, a way of breathing when we panic just like if we were to get in cold water that, that way of breathing would be like <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're able to, let's say, belly breathe diaphragmically breathe really suck that air down and so it's not like your chest is just expanding but your whole diaphragm stomach back that diaphragm becomes it opens up like an umbrella if you can create a cue when you have when you feel anxiety if you can then start from that cue to deeply breathe your life gets much easier much much easier your heart rate goes down your ability to not have the immediacy of fear take over but take off it takes off that blinder allows you to take more information so if i were going to program something for you uh or for anybody that was how to deal with anxiety what are physical things that we do understanding your breath and how to breathe how to diaphragmic breathe would be number one on the list do you have any of this information available like uh, for, for those in the world of jiu-jitsu who want it? So it's it's interesting. So the answer is no. Uh, but I literally just had somebody reach out uh, last week that had come to our Breed Social events and talked about, uh, he's like, I, I would love, he's in videography, that's what his career is in. 
And he's like, I would love to record this and put this on YouTube for people because I think it's really beneficial. So mm-hmm. maybe in the future. Um, but realistically, super simple right here, right now. Uh, if you can, breathe through your nose. I struggle with that quite often. Uh, I broke my nose a few times for you know the fun sport that we do. Uh, but if you can, breathe through your nose. Try to get in a good posture to breathe. And the biggest trick is expand, like we call it, or like a, a simple way of thinking about it is belly breathing. That's like the, the mm-hmm. expansion of your belly is where you really feel it. But I like to think about taking the air all the way through and sucking it down to your tailbone, expanding that umbrella. And sometimes, depending on your posture, depending on who you are, you may feel like your back is expanding as well, which is great. But really being able to bring in as much oxygen as possible. Weirdly, like, so... Um, odd fact, I was actually once a classically trained singer. Um, and that was like one of the main breathing exercises we got from that. And I've, I've carried on, you know, past singing into jujitsu now is it was always the idea that imagine there's a barrel around you and, you know, you can fill the front of the barrel and try and catch it with your belly, but you have to try and expand your back to try and catch the barrel at the back as well. And so just being able to take in that much air for, for, yes long performances of right now in you go and then push your back out as much as your front and fully expose that diaphragm like yeah it's it's that technique alone um you soon realize how little of your lungs you actually use sometimes it, it feels oh it's crazy it's it's insane that we use so little in any given at any given point mm-hmm. um i Megan and I wear whoops, like these whoop straps that keeps track of our uh, heart rates and all sorts mm. of different stuff. Um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but sometimes she, she deals with anxiety. And if she's feeling anxious, her heart rate will spike. I mean, it, you're, she'll be, she could be sitting here and it'll spike to 140, 150, 160. I mean, mm. quite high for just sitting there. What we found is we'll go into the whoop app and we'll say, okay, let's, we're going to breathe together. And it takes less than a minute of breathing and we'll get our heart rate back down, you know, in the sixties, low sixties, um, just by, okay, doing this breathing, everything's good. Whereas when she wouldn't do it, that could spiral and it could be Hmm. a significant amount of time where then you're operating with this increased heart rate, uh, and then your body's doing what it, needs to do in increased heart rate scenarios and it just becomes a a, it trickles down into a not good sometimes an anxiety or panic attack Um, whereas she's done an excellent job of of finding her breath in those particular scenarios and uh you know it's nice to have that tracker whether you have an an eye watch or a whoop or whatever um you can do that see how it works for you no, that's a very good point. And I think that as well, like you can tie that into to everything when it comes to prep, you know, hopefully that people will take the, 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 the large picture from this podcast and, and apply it across their lives, but also apply it to their jujitsu. And again, it's one of those extra tools taking it into competition. Just think, be present, allow yourself to breathe, allow yourself to, to inflate your diaphragm and then, you know, feel yourself get filled of air and trigger that kind of relaxation response um 
like it was actually it was uh, the NFL coaches that I read about where it came to nerves was when you have anxiety start to take over and you start to try and control the uncontrollable is to take things back under your control um, and go, right, actually, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to put my shoes on. And that could be another part of those triggers. Is I'm going to take a deep breath. Like, yes. fuck all these things that I'm panicking about that I have no control over. I'm going to fill my air of lungs now. And... It was those triggers as well that used to help me come down of, no, actually, where's my water? I'm going to drink and pull myself back into the moment. Um, I can feel that I'd, that would relate as well, um, yeah. taking things back under your control. Yeah. You know, I when you create habits like this, it's just, I mean, you know, full circle kind of. You know, if you're getting smashed in jiu-jitsu, that's if somebody's pitting you and you don't know what to do that could be a panic stricken moment breathe <laughs> yeah realistically breathe take yourself and try to take in more information then you might find that oh their weight's off just a little bit oh they're they're not controlling my hip or as opposed mm-hmm. to the immediacy or the panic of oh my god oh my god oh my god then you start to pick up more information and you can change uh it's ma- it's massive it's one of those, um, you know, uh, physiological parts of you that if you if they get fucked with, doesn't matter how good you are at fighting, if your breath or your balance get fucked with, that's it. You need to fix those things before you can even carry on fighting. And if you're not even controlling your own, <coughs> you're off. It's over. Oh, dude. The, the biggest thing, the biggest adjustment that was made in my jiu-jitsu is I got one of those, uh, I mean, this is going back a ways, but... Uh, I, I had allergy-induced asthma. I still do mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, but I started working out, diaphragmically breathing, and got one of those O2 trainers, those Boss Rutan O2 trainers, like the first volumes, essentially. And uh, I started doing that daily, multiple times. My cardio, I didn't do anything different. Uh, meaning like it was not like I stepped up my training or I was on an assault bike or you know, for hours a day or just breathing, just taking in more oxygen, my cardio went from, I couldn't do three minutes on the mat without being, oh my God, dead, to, you know, now what, at camps, well, at the last main camp, rolled for two hours and 45 minutes essentially straight. <laughs> you know, like... God damn. Uh, yeah. I'm breathing. I'm, I'm just able to breathe, and I'm... It, <laughs> there's nothing... Like if you're like, oh my cardio sucks, my cardio sucks. Focus on your, like not not when you're doing jujitsu. Yes, when you're doing jujitsu, but start by focusing your breath for a minute a day, right when you wake up, or a minute a day right before lunch, or tie it to something that you know that you're going to do every single day. Uh, we call that habit stacking. Stack it with something that you know, and start there. And then I started. I'm like, oh man, this kind of works. And then I would start doing. Wim Hof method style breathing, which is just a two-mo di- another way of diaphragmic breathing with a kind of a different twist to make it interesting. Uh, I would do that with the O2 trainer. And then, like, I would do that before classes. And I found, I mean, I, I just didn't get tired, you know? Now, you know, I, so I digress. For anybody that's thinking about, uh, well, you know, my cardio is not good, and you happen to listen to this, start breathing start diaphragmically breathing and challenge yourself 
No, completely. It's it's made me wonder now because you know it's. I still get nerves. I still get out of breath. You know, if I'm traveling, it's like I'm my cardio is fine. I, I train the gym fine, and you know we do long rounds. So why am I out of breath? And it's again, it's that kind of loss of environment, maybe uh, that's causing me to to forget it. But it's definitely something I'm gonna implement as well. And this is this, this whole podcast. Like, um, I really I, I like the software that I kind of use for this. It creates really good clips. And you know, since you don't have this recorded yet, and I am breaking the seal on your introduction to the world of uh, uh, bringing your confidence and uh, and training into jujitsu, uh, into the jujitsu sphere. Um, I'm excited to, to hear the feedback on this and see where it takes people. Um, and this has been fascinating. Like, I said, at the beginning, we were both kind of like, where's this going to go? Like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of freestyle off it and, and see where it ends up. This has been awesome. Like, you know, I even said to you, like, I might take 45 minutes of your time at the beginning, we're an hour and 20. Like, this has been great. Um, and it's just, yeah, like, well, God damn. If anyone's listening to this, like, please jump on, send Josh a message. Send me a message if you can't find Josh. I'll, you know, I'll make sure there's, if you go through the, because this will be on YouTube as well. If you go through the YouTube video, there's a description and there'll be a link to Josh on there. Uh, please hit him up with this because this is fascinating stuff and really easy to implement in the gym and um, into the gym culture, into the gym environment. And it's not even like it takes up a lot of like jujitsu space in the sense of, you know, there's not new techniques you need to learn or new drilling practices, just environmental changes that can to really impact how you train. And you can then carry over into daily life. Uh, oh, this is awesome, dude. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, or if I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was going to appreciate that and, and take it all in, but um, uh, you made me look good. Oh, my British! That made you look good. A, yeah, <laughs> is that is that a good deflection? That that. Uh, oh yeah. no, that, no. I think that, I think that's nice. I think that is no. Uh, you, uh, we've done well. We've we've done well. It's a it's a okay. joint. <laughs> All right. We've done All right. well. Uh we we've bounced this back and forwards and it's it's fed nicely. There's been some uh confrontation. It's been nice. It's it's caused some growth. Um I needed growth. Thank you. Uh Yeah, uh, it's it's I I think we could sit here for hours and and it's made me then wonder like is there anything we could do I know you have this person who's who's offering to to video your work. Um is there any way I can help get this out there? Is there any way we can make a series or I can promote these, these ideas oh. that you have? Cause they don't deserve just to live inside your brain. Um, I love, we need I to love suck it. them out violently. Um, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound right, but, uh, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it's not really weird then. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I uh, I don't even edit these podcasts. This is going, this is raw. This is, <laughs> everyone gets this one. Um, perfect. <laughs> so uh, I, I would I'm open to everything and, and I really appreciate the kind words that I, I, I truly do uh, for for me I mean there there's the stuff that we talked about and something that that I work on constantly with people is their judgments of situations there's judgments of themselves inter and intra personal communication meaning how are you talking to yourself how are you talking to others and then mixing those communication and those judgments. Um, that's what I work on a daily basis, both in uh, companies and for individuals. 
Um, and, and it's just, it's super fascinating. And then you can tie all that in into the way that we talk to ourselves and confidence. Um, but realistically, if you only get one thing from this podcast, I hope that you get to work on breath and then everything else we can talk about and, and chat about. And, uh, yeah, just hit me up. Life is beautiful. I love talking to new people. I'd like to, if you have the time, I know you have a, a busy schedule coming up with uh, trips to Poland and other camps and your your gym, And but I'll put this out to the wider, obviously, world. Please, if you're listening to this, uh, please send in questions on this. Uh, Josh has a fascinating mind um, and how he applies his professional to his passion. Um, go on the Discord, YouTube video description, uh instagram whatever send questions over because i'd like to get josh back on uh if you are free sir um to to really deep dive into this and and you know how you know i'm i'm going very much from my perspective and and almost creating like a uh test patient kind of thing. oh you know if someone had this problem but no I, i'd be interested almost like doing like a clinic of like right well people who are in the world jiu-jitsu like how does this work for you um so yeah, please, if this has really caught your interest, uh, send in questions. Please send in questions. This will, um, oh, I may drop this. This will drop this week. Uh, I'll <coughs> drop this fast. I'm really fascinated on this one. Uh, yeah, so please, everyone, send this cool. uh, Send this far and wide. Uh, send this to your friends. Uh, I think we all need uh, a bit of extra love in jiu-jitsu. I think we all need a, a kinder environment, a warmer environment. Um Yes, thank you for your time, sir. I look forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. And realistically, it was just a great opportunity for me to, to speak with you because we haven't talked that much uh, since no. Maine, I think. Uh, no, and even so in Maine, it was just it was just passing each other on the same strip of road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I think we live in inverted lives. Like, you know, if you're going one way, I'm just going the other. Uh, we're never it on the same path. Yeah. yeah, strange. It, it is, like, even right now, strange. you're in the light. Yeah. I'm in the dark. Um, yeah, <laughs> just on opposite but really, sides. I, but I really do appreciate you, and appreciate that I got to know you, and uh, really like our time together when you were here. So this was just a great opportunity. If it's helpful to people, great. If not, a single person listens to it. I'm glad I got to catch up with you. Oh, dude, this podcast gets listened to. Oh, you're. This is it. This is this is your moment. Um, oh boy. <laughs> well, it's weird, actually. Like we get. Um, I was actually looking at the numbers, and it's so strange. I think we're actually, for some strange reason, like um, you know, considering this is a jujitsu podcast, and it's quite niche. We're in the top ten percent of all listened to podcasts. Oh, that's all podcasts. That's really cool. Um. And it's it's a jujitsu podcast, um, you know, talking to to fascinating people like yourself. But um, wow, like considering we only really started doing it back in May, like I think my first kind of episodes were around the main camp. Um, to go as far as we have, like yeah, like I am. This is going to get listened to, and I'm so excited it's going to get listened to, and and people can be helped by this. So. Yes, it's been fantastic talking to you again. I do miss you and Megan. Um, I am gutted, gutted. I can't come to Zen Camp and and spend time with you guys. Uh, but hopefully, 
I'm going to come back out to America and we'll, we'll chill again. We'll go shoot some guns, take some, <laughs> do the American take some, type of things. Dude. Yeah. Taking some, some interesting things, go and see some comedy. I don't think that class is comedy. What we watched that night, but I wasn't <laughs> present. Um, <laughs> forgot about that too. Man, dude, life I, is fucking great. <laughs> I can never forget that night. That was yeah. the most bizarre moment. Like, considering it's been a year of bizarre moments, that's one of the most bizarre moments of the year by far. Yeah. Of a Milwaukee yeah. comedy club. Um, yeah, I was really high too that night. <laughs> dude, we were just staring at each other. Like, you, you'd given me the. Uh, Oh. The microdose of shrooms, and you gave me the gummies, and I'm just like, I have no idea what the hell is happening. Um, yeah, Megan was obviously very straight laced that evening, and looking at us both, and I was because I yeah. had that. You know, there was that one comedian who, you know, bless him, his jokes weren't landing, apart from with his his significant other who was sitting next to us, obnoxiously yeah. la- laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only person. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like my head is in my hands. I, I don't know what's happening because this one person's laughing hysterically, um, yeah. <laughs> and then you had the 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 actors, the comedy troupe, trying to act out the St. Patrick's Day um, scenarios that people had written in, and none of them made sense. They're like non sequiturs of, you know, this yeah. this. I I was drunk, and this person hugged me and gave me i gave him 20 dollars, and they were looking at it like the fuck are we gonna do <laughs> that was the best like <laughs> oh my god that story and it, and it came from like just uh, the energy of the guy was just he's in his own world right like this older gentleman yeah. or whatever that was just he i don't think that he was with us i'm not sure that he's from this planet and he just like <laughs> He just wrote in. Yeah, 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 that was wonderful. Um, and if that doesn't bring it all back around to, for, for as beautiful as this sport is, and we 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 pile so much weight onto it, and it, and it hurts us eventually. Um, you asked, you know, why do we do this? And I said that you know part of the main reason I do this is for the the people I meet along the way, and it's a this jujitsu is a brilliant <laughs> vehicle for seeing the world. Uh, it builds great great connections. It builds fantastic trust, and you end up. You know, I'm a I'm a small town kid from Stafford, England, and somehow I ended up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on shrooms and gummies in a goddamn. A, it's not class as a comedy club. Uh, listening to someone riff about hugging homeless people for twenty dollars um, yeah. with yourself, <laughs> fantastic jujitsu, yeah. like. Who knew? Like, yeah. It's not just God. Gods and bearing bolos. Go, it's... go find go find the culture that fits you, right? Like it's not just yeah. about that. It does, you don't have to be a world champion. Chances are you're just you know just go find the gym that fits you. And luckily, this isn't 20 years ago where there's one gym in a city of a million people. Mm-hmm. You know you can find you can find your culture. Maybe you got to drive a little bit more, but you can find your culture. You can find your people. Find it. And just enjoy yeah. the ride. Yeah, exactly. Don't. It d- doesn't have to be heavier than you than you make it. And uh, it's a brilliant sport. It's a game, and it has great friends. That playing. We're all weirdos at the end of the day playing this sport. We, 
we do strange things with each other and then we go do strange things afterwards and it's fantastic <laughs> um thank you for your time sir thank you for for giving me your afternoon and sharing your your wisdom on this and i look forward to the questions that are coming in and so hopefully in the next month or two we'll we'll, we'll do round two we'll do a clinic with josh janus um enjoy the rest of your day uh enjoy zen camp um i look forward to coming out again and, and seeing you all uh going down peoria and seeing your face on the wall again highlight <laughs> of my year um <laughs> phil phil's gym um yeah i think i've got so just like a, a so you know my appreciation of you my appreciation of this sport right behind the screen is i've got 150 photos of all my friends and travels in jiu-jitsu and yep right up there with the duck and the target um so it's cool. a fantastic journey and thank you sir thank you for for coming along and uh i'll speak to you soon enjoy zen sounds good man talk to you soon Are we off now?